On today's episode, we sit down with Jake and Jordan from Cespedes Family Barbecue to talk about the Atlanta Braves, why they think they're the best team in baseball, and a lot more on all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button on this video if you're watching it. Thanks so much for all the support that you give me here at Locked On Braves. I want to give a shout out to Glenn Dice, Keiston Conkling, Jamal Martin from Vegas, Ian Greenles, uh, every day or for two years now. Thank you so much for that support. And Terry from Savannah for letting me know that they are everydayers here on the podcast. Thank you so much for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We got a special episode for you here today. We had the guys from Cespedes Family Barbecue join the podcast, talk about the Atlanta Braves, get their thoughts on Acuna, Strider, all of that. What makes the Braves such a dangerous team? Their postseason outlook. Really good conversation with these two guys who are very knowledgeable about all of baseball and just love the sport. So really enjoyed talking with them, and I think you will as well. So here it is. All right, excited to have Jake and Jordan joining the podcast today from Baseball Barbiecast. They got new episodes of the Baseball Barbiecast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning on all major podcast platforms. And then starting in October 15th, you guys, through the end of the World Series, you're going to have new episodes premiering every morning. So looking forward to that. Uh, Jordan, Jake, other Jake, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Glad to have you guys on here. Doing pods every day. Rolling out there, taking the ball on the bump, and call me Rysel Iglesias. That's well, and right. also this is don't, wear, don't wear me down, Snit. This is <laughs> this is good prep because if we are going to be going every day in the second half of October, there's at least a decent chance it'll involve the Atlanta Braves. So it's it's fitting that we are here uh, getting ready here as October approaches. So thanks for having yeah. us on. Yeah, I hope so. We certainly hope so. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and a lot of our listeners may already know this, but I wanted to ask you and, and Jake, Jordan, whoever wants to answer, what started barbecue or baseball bar- or Steph's baseball barbecue? And what was that? Where did the name come from? Yeah, so I'll give the elevator pitch. Jordan and I went to high school together, okay, more or less. And uh, we were two baseball nerds. And so we started a website our senior year of high school in 2012. We named it the Cespedes Family Barbecue because Yoannis Cespedes, former Met legend, ha- at the time in Oakland A, had defected from Cuba and filmed a 20-minute highlight video of himself to send to teams. And at the end of the video, there's a clip of him roasting a pig over an open spit. And he sent that to all 30 GMs. And Billy Bean was like, $36 million for you. <laughs> and we thought it was just the funniest, most awesome thing ever. And never thought we'd have to explain it ever again. And here we are. We do it for a living and fortunate enough to uh, explain it to you, Jake. Yeah, no, I love that story. And I believe, and you can, I'm sure you know, as the Cespedes fanboys, I believe it was after a Brave series that Cespedes just like disappeared. 
that's for a while true. from the Mets, and we didn't that's see him true. anymore. So yeah, uh, that was not a not a fun time for us during the <laughs> season, I will say. But uh, yeah, he is. I will say though, with, you know, with that that scare aside, um, you know, the beginning was was really special in Oakland, but obviously the run with the Mets, um, he was truly. He, he really did kind of embody a lot of what we love about the sport uh, in, in for, for better and just for weird. Right. I mean, he just gave us so many strange moments and uh, we're glad he's still still involved in baseball. He's like very high up in the, the Chandler bats world. I believe he's heavily involved in the ownership of Chandler bats. And so a lot of people swing Chandler. And so that's really what Yo's been up to uh, now. So that's pretty still, cool. still number one Cespedes fans. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the, the general origins. The, the number one play for Cespedes that I remember because it played on loop. If you watch games on MLB.tv, you know, oh, during yes. the commercial breaks, it's on loop. It's the ball. He just all of a sudden picks up in the corner down in the left field corner and just nails a guy at home plate. It's just like the most absurd thing ever. And then the, the MLB TV goes, bow down, down, down. <laughs> yeah, man, I miss those, those clips, but it was great. It's always a good reminder. Yeah. It's one of the greatest throws of the, of the 21st century. So yeah. um, we've uh, he, yeah, he had a lot of, a lot of on-field highlights, a lot of off-field highlights. And uh, that's why, that's why we love them. All right. Well, cool. Glad we got that out of the way. Um, but I do want to talk about the Atlanta Braves, obviously, here on Locked On Braves. And um, first of all, I just want to start, start your general thoughts. And we'll go to other Jake first. Your general thoughts on this Braves team, obviously, best record in baseball, clinched so early. Like, I'm interested to get the outsider's perspective on this Braves team. Do, do you consider them the best team in baseball? You know, what are some of their weaknesses that you see? If you don't think this is the best team in baseball, you're biased or you're not paying attention. I am a Baltimore Orioles fan. Okay. The Braves are better and it's not close. The record is close, but the Braves are a more complete team than anybody else in baseball. There are so many things about this organization that I find very impressive being around them the last couple seasons, covering them in the playoffs in 21, being at the clinch last week in Philly the level of conviction behind everything they do and the culture they've built to have all of these guys playing every day is remarkable because it's not forced upon them. It is just something that's been fostered really dating back to Freddie Freeman. Even Chipper before him. Even Chipper before that. Like they want to play all 162. Ronald was pissed that he didn't get that he had to take those games <laughs> off in Miami. He was steamed about that, right? Yeah. And so that's something that is genuinely unique about this team. And then the other thing, it's not that complicated. Like they just have better players. I actually don't think their game planning process or their you know, the little things are any worse or better than some of the other good teams in baseball. Their players are better. Like yeah. Austin Riley is probably better than your third baseman. And Acuna is definitely better than your right fielder. And Olsen is definitely better than your first baseman. And they have all these guys locked up for so long because of the culture that they fostered in Atlanta where every ball player wants to play for the Braves, right? So many of them want to live in Atlanta and play at that stadium with that fan base. And it's a genuine thing that, like, Braves fans should be proud of that there's a reason all these guys are signing long-term extensions with their team. Yeah, no, I think so. You know, obviously it is a culture that they've built. I don't think you get these kids on these deals that are team friendly, but I mean, it is some sort of risk on the team, but 
I don't think you get that unless you build that culture and, and these guys want to be here. And uh, Jordan, I'd like to know your thoughts as well. Obviously, we're biased <laughs> as race fans, so we think they're the best team in baseball. But uh, good to hear, you know, Jake, other Jake somewhat agrees with us as well. But your thoughts, Jordan, you kind of agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. And I think, you know, he mentioned a lot of the obvious guys at the top of the lineup, but I, I just look at a, a season like Michael Harris has had, right? And struggling uh, out of the gate for those first few months, but he's pretty much looked like rookie of the year, Michael Harris for a couple months now, and he's still batting ninth. And that is just so absurd to, to kind of have that, that talent base. And, and also I think a good reminder, and we've seen this with, with Houston also where your farm system has not been ranked highly for a long time and it doesn't really matter. Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't strive to continue to improve in player development. And there may be some questions about that uh, on the brave side of things, but I mean, Michael Harris was not like the, the, the drafting and developing that they've done here is really, really, really impressive, particularly with Harris and Riley guys who weren't necessarily low picks, but guys that had question marks as prospects and have turned in, to some of the best players in the league at their position uh, on top of, of course, being able to trade for and, and extend some other guys. And then you have the international successes with guys like Acuna and Albies. I think I'm most interested too, just on the pitching side of things, if we are going to start looking at like what is potentially a problem here, I've come away more optimistic about the pitching as the season has gone on. I think Jake might differ with me a little bit on that, um, but not just Strider, you know, the season that Bryce Elder has had having Max Fried come back, knowing that Charlie Morton, has pitched, you know, more in October than almost any pitcher in the world. And he's uh, been good for the last three months. Yeah, yeah. Martin Morton's been great. So not to mention, you know, maybe getting a guy like Kyle Wright back. Like, I've, I've, and the, the acquisitions they made, some of those small moves that they're making in the bullpen, right? I mean, Pierce Johnson, and and I still cannot believe that they essentially just bought Rizal Iglesias from the Angels. Like, it's moves <laughs> like that, opportune moves like that, with it have made a huge difference in the depth of this roster, it's not just the star power at the top. Yeah, and I think that depth is a big thing, too, because the starting pitching, look, I think they've used 16 starting pitchers this year. I mean, they've had to, to cycle through a lot of these guys, but part of that's the development. Look, Schuster hasn't always been great, but he's came up and he's had some moments. Dylan Dodd as well. You talk about A.J. Smith-Shalver, a guy that they've kind of, you know, ascended up there. I mean, they have they do have a lot of depth that has helped get them through this season. It's a big reason they are where they are. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and get start getting excited for all the fun you're going to have at a Braves postseason game. I brought up a couple of tickets this year. For Braves games on Game Time, the experience is so easy. I love the fact that they show the your view from your seat, don't ever buy a ticket, or at least I advise you not to buy a ticket unless you check out what it looks like from your seat. You can do that right in the Game Time app. Download the app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code at LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves will be taking on the Nats in Washington over the weekend. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. Another reason for that is Ronald Acuna Jr. And we were kind of, you know, somewhat joking about this beforehand, or I wasn't joking, but I think what he's doing this year, and I'm obviously biased, so it's why I kind of want to get an outside perspective here. 
I think everybody should be stopping and paying attention almost every time he comes to the plate with what this guy is doing and the round numbers that he's looking at over 200 hits, one home run away from 40, close to 70 steals, batting over 330. I mean, he was approaching 340 the other day. Uh, I mean, and the fact that he's walking as much as he's striking out, I just think the season he's having, uh, Jordan, in my mind, this is historic. And I think, I hope, Again, I don't really, you know, focus as much nationally, but I hope nationally he's getting the attention he deserves. He's yeah. the MVP. I, I let can I just yeah. get that out of the way? Yeah. yeah. Like, thank if you. If <laughs> you vote for Mookie Betts, that's fine. I don't think it's a heinous pick, but yeah. in my mind, we are. It is close to unanimous in my head. Like, I don't have any doubt that Acuna is the deserved MVP. Yeah. And it feels like the season of Ronald. I think, but to be clear, like, and it's fine. I totally understand when you are obviously hosting Locked On Braves, like. You're literally locked on Braves. And so yeah. that's what you are going to be focused on. Trust me, people know how good Acuna is. I will say, though, there are elements of his game, and particularly you mentioned the walks and strikeouts and the fact that he's almost hitting 340. That is the part I actually do think is getting overlooked more. I think people yeah. are understanding that he is getting to 4070. People know that. People are aware, and whether you could argue, oh, we should be cutting in and watching every at-bat or not, that's fine. That, that's a, that is a discussion that has nothing to do with how good Acuna is. <laughs> has more to do about how we cover baseball yeah. as an industry and how people watch baseball on TV and all those things. But I think that there are parts of his game that he's improved, notably just slashing the strikeout rate in half. That is why this season is so sensational. The fact that he was already one of the best players in baseball striking out you know 27 percent of the time and he just decided actually i'm going to stop doing that and now i'm going to have 220 hits or whatever that's terrifying and that's now what makes him you know a 10-win player potentially instead of a seven-win player and the defense has been kind of an interesting discussion but that is so amazing it is it is amazing for any hitter to be able to do that for a hitter that was already that good to be able to get that much better does deserve more attention that part i do believe and we talked about this on our show on monday I'm so happy he's going to get to 70 steals because I do think there's a legitimate argument that the new rules have inflated that number. That's undeniable. And I don't think that's a bad thing or takes away from his game at all. It's just a fact. You know, it's easier than it's been in 30 years to steal bases and he's taking advantage of it. And no one else is stealing 70, (laughs) right? That's That's a big part of it. Nobody else is stealing 70, right? And so he deserves all the credit for that. But the reason I'm happy that he's gotten to 70 is that even if you want to knock him and say it's not legitimately 70, it's legitimately 40, right? right? It is a real deal 40-40 season, assuming he hits one one more homer, which I think is totally fair. There have only been four players ever, ever in the history of the game to do 40 homers and 40 steals. And I think why you're a little peeved is that a year ago, as Aaron Judge was chasing down the American (laughs) League home run record – ESPN was like cutting into Monday night football and throwing up his at bats against the Blue Jays or whatever the heck, right? And your thought process as well, there've been, what is it? I think six guys to hit 62 home runs. So some McGuire, Bonds, whatever, right? Yeah. There've only been four to do 40, 40. Like, why are we not cutting into Ronald's at bats? Here are the two reasons. Okay. One, not the Yankees. If Aaron Judge was chasing down that record for any other team in the American League, no one's cutting it. As big as the Braves are, and they are an enormous thing, Braves country is real, the Yankees are on a different level of interest and eyeballs. And that is the reality of the sport, and I wish it wasn't the case. (laughs) 
is I don't like thinking about the Yankees, but it is a fact and we have to deal with it, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is that it is easier to understand Aaron Judge Yankee chasing down old Yankee and all you got to do is watch the home runs. It's a more digestible thing for an average fan. So that's the reason there's that disconnect there, right? But I, I think Jordan's right. People understand Ronald Acuna. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's not that complicated, right? It's not, oh, why is this guy great? It's not like the way that even Freddie Freeman in his best was was great, right? Because he mm-hmm. was just getting on base and having all these hits. Like, you watch Acuna for 10 minutes, for two minutes, you're like, oh, this guy's one of the best players in the world. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't pay attention necessarily I, from the outside perspective. As Braves fans, we hear a lot of hate on Acuna because fans don't like him or, or whatever in that regard. And so, I, I hope that that doesn't take away from how great a player he is. And obviously, we're biased here, but uh, he's obviously again. He's I agree with you. He's the best player in baseball. He's yeah. the MVP. Can I hop in and, and tell a quick story about this? So, last week I was in Philadelphia covering the Phillies Braves series for Fox Sports, where we write. And I was there for the whole series. And Acuna was just outrageous in that series against Philly. It was just stupid good. And he hit that home run, I think it was in the night game of the doubleheader, and did the thing he does when he runs around the bases, and he's got like 85 different moves, which I like. (laughs) I'm not hating on it. But if you're the Philly fans and you see Acuna hit a home run against you and he's doing all this stuff, like you're going to boo. And yeah. Braves fans would do the same exact thing. If they did the same thing the with Philly Bryce Harper early in his career. And that's, right, as they should. And that's totally fine, right? And then they're booing him, and every time he comes up, they boo him, and he keeps getting hits. And then there's like a, a concourse, a walkway in front of the press box, right? And some guy walks by as they're announcing Acuna's next at-bat, and he goes, boo, he's too good. <laughs> and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, yes, you get it. Like, that is <laughs> that is the way to think about Ronald Acuna. Boo, he's too good. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Also, visit FanDuel.com slash PlaySafe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Braves will be taking on the Nats in Washington this weekend. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, next, the, the other part of this is on the pitching side. You got Max Freed, and, and I think a lot of Braves fans mind, he's still their, their ace. And I think yes. if you really asked people, that's who they trust the most. Yes. But we got to talk about Spencer Strider because what he is doing, and since he's come into the league, again, we talk about the historic season Ronald's having. Strider's seven strikeouts away from breaking John Smoltz's record with the most strikeouts in a single season for a Braves pitcher. I mean, what he is doing strikeout-wise and just dominance-wise, and he has this weird thing this season where he, he's absolutely dominating in an outing, and just like the other night against the Phillies, he all of a sudden gives up a three-run homer, and it makes a spectacular line just seem quality. And and that's frustrating. It's been happening all season. But what he's done since coming into this league, and Jordan, I see you want to jump in if you want to go first here. I I mean, he is just – he's the most dominant strikeout pitcher in the game right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been we've been lucky, you know, to get to know Spencer a little bit uh, over the last few years. But so I'm sure Jake has some, some pretty good insight on him. But to me, what stands out is, especially stylistically this year, honestly, what it reminds me of is is like a way more extreme version of Garrett Cole uh, last year. And it, it sounds like it. Maybe some people think uh, that's an insult. No, Garrett Cole's amazing. And what I mean by that is, it's like, oh my god, he looks like the best pitcher in the world. And then, oh, Homer. Uh, yeah. Oh, two home. And like he can, he can give them up sometimes. And I think with Strider, he's striking out more than literally anybody we've ever seen in terms of a rate basis on a first starting pitcher, even Garrett Cole, who's been striking out people for the last, you know, 12 years. But it's, it's, I think what's so remarkable watching him is how kind of convicted he is on his approach and his strengths. And that has got him very, very, very far. And I'm fascinated to see the tweaks that he will maybe have to make to ensure that something like this doesn't happen in the playoffs, sort of like it did last year. Right. Because, yeah. and there were some things that went into last year's performance. Right. I'm sure Jake will talk about, yeah. but there's versions of, of Strider where it's like, it's hard to say that he's doing anything wrong because he's piling up strikeouts. Unlike anything we've ever seen, but you can see this, these slight moments where it's like, okay, there are flaws here. He is not invincible. And that that dynamic of of clearly he knows that it's working better than almost any other pitcher has ever succeeded in this way, but there's like that little thing that that you know makes people nervous. So it's a fascinating dynamic. He's he's a hell of a watch. He's incredibly talented, but I am fascinated to see how he changes, if at all, in the coming year. Jordan, before Jake jumps in here real quick, does he have a chance to win the NL Cy Young with a three seven ERA? I mean. If he gets votes, I wouldn't be shocked. But like, because the strikeout total is so overwhelming, um, I would be surprised at this point. Um, okay. And that's not even necessarily how much it's just like, oh my god, there's three seventy ERA is a disgrace. Um, although I would say that even as someone who doesn't lead much on that, like that is a little high for a Cy Young winner. At the same I mean, time. he leads the league in FIP, but he also yeah, has a three seven ERA. I mean, but also three and and there are there are other good candidates, right? Like. Mm-hmm. And Blake Snell's a totally different kind of case, but like there are other candidates. Um, He's so, 15th yeah. in whip, but he leads the league in ERA with a 2.3. It's just, right. it's the right. one. I so. hate watching Blake Snell <laughs> and I would vote for him. <laughs> right. I mean, so, that would be my choice too, yeah, yeah. but I think Strider's going to be in that top three. I think he'll get plenty of votes, but and, I, I don't and, think And here's the other thing with Strider. It's just like, and then I'll kick to Jake here. Like there's going to be years where he does this and the FIP is closer to what the ERA is and he'll win the you know, if he stays yeah. healthy, clearly he has this magic fastball and this ability to record. like, it's not like this is his last chance. So right. everyone losing their mind and being like, oh my God, I, I always think about this when people freak out about who's on the MLB, the show cover, or even when super young players like lose out on awards, like, guess what? They're still on your favorite team. Ronald Acuna will be on the MLB The Show cover at some point. <laughs> don't get mad at Jazz Chisholm. It's yeah. No, I don't want the jinx. I don't want it to happen. I don't, no, I don't well, want that's, any kind of jinx That's a different yeah. conversation. But, but the same sentiment, which is like, it's fine. Okay, this is yeah. not necessarily representative of how good they are. So anyway, point is, is yeah, Strider's yeah. fascinating, but I know Jake certainly has some. some yeah, I can talk about Strider for an hour and a half. I mean, I think he's so interesting. I'm trying to think about where to, where to start. Okay, so why did the 2022 Braves lose to the Phillies? There's a lot of different reasons, but if you want to be a Braves fan, here's what it is. Spencer Strider was throwing 93 miles an hour because he was coming off an injury, and Max Fried was vomiting in a trash can, and that was it, right? Yep. And sometimes this is where the playoffs go, right? The 2022 Braves were better than the 2022 Phillies, but it doesn't make a difference because 
that's just not how the sport works, right? So right. Strider showed up that day throwing 98 for the first two innings and then was 93 in the third. Reese Hoskins hit one to Mars, and that was that, okay? Yep. So there's two ways to think about that. One is Spencer Strider probably won't be 93 miles an hour when he faces the Phillies in three weeks, okay? And I talked to Strider about this last week. But there is a chance he is. There's a chance, always. I mean, his velo dipped in the middle of this season, too, right? There's yep. a chance he gets on the mound and it's 95, right? And so for him, he knows that if that's the case, he needs to figure it out. Because you can't just be like, well, you know, I was throwing 93 and we lost. Last year, he didn't really know how to succeed at 93, 95 because he had always relied on what he was amazing at. And why would he change anything? Because he's Spencer Strider and he's the best at this. But I think this year in the situation where he doesn't necessarily have it in October from the stuff perspective, he's a better overall pitcher now that he can work around and through that if that is the case. Do I think that'll happen? No, I think it'll be 98 and it'll be fine. Um, the other thing with Strider that's so interesting about this particular season is that he's not an idiot. Like, he's a really smart guy, and he knows how unlucky he's been. And so it is very bizarre to know that you are doing the process correctly and not have the results come through. Uh, he, like, there must have been some sort of inclination, like, oh, should I change something up? But no, like, you shouldn't change a thing. You're striking out more hitters than any pitcher has ever done in the history of the franchise. Like, there's no reason to, to shift it, and I don't expect him to change anything. And here's the last point I'll say. So in the Braves clubhouse celebration last week, I was asking people about Strider. I asked Kirby Yates about Strider. Like, what do you see in Strider or whatever? And he made a point that I never really thought about, which was, you know, Strider gets a little bit of a knock for being a two-pitch pitcher, mm. right? And Yates goes, do you really think he's not going to learn other pitches as he goes on? Do you really not think this outrageously athletic guy who is very smart and thinks about pitching – is not going to learn other pitches when he needs them. And I was like, that's a great point, <laughs> right? The reason Spencer Strider is throwing two pitches right now is because he doesn't need a third one. It's not worth yeah. the time. If the time comes, you don't think 28-year-old Spencer Strider in a couple of years is just going to, like, spend an offseason at driveline and, like, come back with a cutter? Like, of course this is going to happen in a couple of years, right? Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I, I think, and I'm, I'm, I, I hope I'm getting this right. I think it was on Fangraphs. I read an article from him where he basically said that he's like, I, I can, I'm winning, or I'm getting it done right now with the fastball slider. Why would I change anything up? And I made yeah. this point on my podcast the other day, Locked On Braves, is that in his last start when he gave up the three run homer, what did he give it up on? A changeup to Bryce Harper that so, stayed over the middle of the plate. That is true. However, if you go back and watch the at bats against Bryce from his start in Philly, twice on 2-1 counts, Strider went to that changeup for strikes to get back in the count against Harper. And that's probably because Bryce wasn't thinking that Strider was yeah. ever going to throw up a changeup. The issue was probably that he went back to it the third time in a spot where maybe he didn't have the same feel for it. So I don't have as much of an issue of using that changeup. No, not at all, but spot. he just doesn't have the right. feel for it he as much. He doesn't have the same feel for it right now. Right. And the, the, the last thing I'll say about Strider is I, I don't think he is a two-pitch pitcher right now because of how good the two pitches are. And here's what I mean by that. The fastball up and in is a different pitch than the fastball middle up, than the fastball up above the zone, than the fastball out, than the fastball down, right? Then the slider middle down, then the slider in on the hands, then the slider out across. The, like, those are all different pitches because as a hitter, you have to react to them totally differently. 
a Spencer Strider fastball away and a Spencer Strider fastball up and in require two completely different swings, approaches, and reactions. And isn't that the point of a pitch? Yeah. Right? Now, when it's 93, it is not that. When it's 98, <laughs> it is that. And so that's why he's able to succeed with only two quote-unquote pitches because he's, a, he's using those as different types of pitches. Yeah. yeah, and we've seen well, already – I was just going to say, just to wrap yeah. up, Schneider, like, and we've seen him make the adjustments this year. Like, he is throwing the slider 7 8% more. He's had more success yeah. on that pitch this year significantly than he did a year ago. So, like Jake said, why is he not – now, is, do we expect him to change in the next three weeks dramatically? No, but no. there's still – like, there's – this is not the end of the Spencer Schneider by any means. This is still <laughs> such a tiny sample size how amazing he's been that makes it all the more exciting to see what he can do moving forward yeah and certainly i'm not saying he doesn't need to throw that change up i I certainly think he does it's just he doesn't have the confidence and feel in it like he does a fastball slider which to your point they're both plus plus pitches like on their own they're one of the best pitches in baseball and you mentioned i love the fact you mentioned that fastball like where it's located it's a different pitch you know up and in it has that that ride on it but i also love the other day you see him sequence that slider fastball low and away and he dots it on that outside corner after you just throw a beautiful slider breaking off the plate that's unhittable if you locate that fastball down and away correctly it's just unhittable so he's he's fun to watch uh, max freed's fun to watch in a whole different reason just because of the way that he has so many different pitches and the way he uses them to manipulate hitters is so fun that discussion with Seth with his family barbecue and jake and jordan they are fantastic and so knowledgeable about the sport that we love to watch and the braves as well and you heard jake talk about you know he's been in that clubhouse recently getting the feel for the braves team so that's some good insight there so really thank them so much for doing that Again, Braves and the Nats this weekend in Washington. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. That'll do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks so much for making this your first listen of each and every day. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button on this video. Follow us over on social media at shortstopball and Locked On underscore Braves. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 